A superb win away from home to back up a whirlwind week at the Hawthorns with a new owner. We've got plenty to discuss on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast sponsored by the Kettle and Toasterman. My name is Jolly Drury and this is the part of the podcast where I say that I am joined as ever by Mr Lewis Cox. But unfortunately this week I am not. As you'll have read and seen, he's uh, he's nowhere to be seen this week. He uh, he swears that he hasn't. He didn't book his exotic holiday to coincide with Plymouth and Holloway. Um, but I'll let you decide on that one. So I thought we need to get a stand in. Um, so we've gone big. Probably one of the most excited men. When the goals went in home at uh, home park last night, as you'll have seen from his uh, from his commentary, uh, he's back for another appearance on the the Baggies broadcast. None other than Andy Johnson. AJ, how are you, mate? Good to have you back on the pod. It's it's like Good it seems like we've got a bit of an upgrade this week. Well, you definite upgrade, mate, compared to Lewis. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> when you say exotic, where's he gone camping? That's, you know, not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with camping because I like camping myself, but uh, he's picked yeah. some. He's picked a week to be away, hasn't he? What is it? Well, uh, Plymouth Hull. He says it's not. He says it's not on purpose, but you know, I I kind of think it is. And to be honest, AJ, I know you give him a bit of flack, don't you? But I think it's unacceptable, really, isn't it? Well, with the fixtures as they are. To be honest, I mean, if this goes well tonight, mate, he could lose his spot. That's all I'm thinking. He could do. Here. He could do. Yeah. If you and figures yeah. go through the roof, you know, this might be more. Well, of a regular well they're going to be up. That's for sure, aren't they? I mean, you know, <laughs> you got like three listeners, I think, haven't you? Because uh, oh no, no, come on, mate, <laughs> come on, now. We know, we know you're our rivals on the the Lord is my shepherd, but uh, oh, mate, nice plug, thank you. There you go. Well, you know, we always thought, yeah. Well, we haven't had an episode for a while. We We've been waiting for a while. We need one. Well, to we've been busy. We've been busy, mate. There's uh, there's yeah. promotion pushing to go get it going on in the moment. Yeah. And the players are getting back to fitness and uh, and and doing well. So they're they're, they're quite busy. Yeah, well, I'm sure there'll be one coming out uh, coming out too soon. But AJ, thanks for your time as always. Obviously, we've had you on before, but we're gonna back then. We were talking about your career. Now we're going to talk about Albion in the present day. And as we said, we've got lots to discuss. We're going to have a bit more reflection on the Shillen Patel takeover. We're going to get AJ's impact on on that and and his hopes for uh, for the future of the football club. Um, obviously talk about last night's fantastic win at Plymouth. Um, a little bit on Southampton on Friday. We'll talk about the new signing. Yanam Veer was announced last week, a free agent through the door. Um, we've got your questions and we'll have a little bit look well, little bit of a look ahead to the trip to Hull as the playoff race hots. Uh, but we'll start in uh, we'll start in sort of consecutive order and just have a little bit of a reflection on Friday, really, and get your take on that, really, AJ. Obviously, a, a big occasion with a new owner there, you know, a big side coming to town. How did you view it in the end? From mine and Lewis's point of view, it was we thought it was very much a case of, you know, Southampton with all the riches that they've got and, and a really strong squad. And it was just, I don't think Albion were particularly bad. It was just Southampton were a better side, which reflects in the table, I suppose. Well, to be honest with you, I think, I mean, this might sound a bit crazy, but because obviously Leicester are flying away with the with the league at the moment. But I actually think that Southampton are probably the best footballing team in the division. I mean, they you have to you have to sort of accept that they're going to have a, 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 the vast majority of, of possession. Um, but I thought we did well. I thought we did we did really well. I think there's an argument of um, you know the the first goal. Uh, I actually thought it was a corner when I first saw it live. Uh, looking at it, um, you know, sort of on, on the replay, it's not a corner. They score from that. Um, arguably, again, I, I think that there's there's a you know it's not even a half chance for a penalty with the handball. It, it's a penalty yeah. and things like that. 
you know, they change games. They, they really do. But, you know, I thought we did well. I, I, look, I love Friday nights under the lights. I think that for me, that's like, apart from Saturday, three o'clock, Friday nights under the lights are, are just amazing. And, and what with uh, the new owner there, um, you know, it, it, I was quite gutted, actually. And, and I don't know why, because obviously I didn't, I didn't think that we played badly at all. You know, um, I, I think that probably they deserve to win, but but I don't think we played badly. But for me, it was a bit of an anti-climax because it was everything was there, wasn't it? For I mean, it was a full house. The fans were just incredible. It was a great atmosphere. The new manager, uh, new owner was there. Sorry, um, you know, and, and it, it, I was just gutted that we didn't win that one. You know, and uh, that that's probably the only thing I'll take away from it. The beauty of the championship, as you know, as you know, Johnny, is that. You know, games come thick and fast, don't yeah, they? Yeah. You know, they really do. You can't dwell on it too too much. And the fact that we we played all right, I thought, um, and and from what everybody else's opinion was, we we did play okay. Um, you know, the there's not really anything to sort of you know grind over. No, you've got to take the chances. Right. We had chances. You've got to take them. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 we got you got to move on quickly because there's another game. Yeah, we certainly did move on quickly to. Uh... To last night to Plymouth to Home Park, a fantastic 3 0 win. We're just going to reflect a little bit on the, the journey down, really, AJ. Just before we started recording, you told me that you, we're recording this now. This is about seven o'clock on Wednesday night, that you haven't been to bed yet. <laughs> I haven't. You no. came back from Plymouth. This is a commitment of AJ to talk about Albion, that he has not been to bed yet. No, I haven't. I feel, uh, I feel <laughs> slightly jaded, to be honest with you. Um, my- um, we got that fantastic journey down. We all went down with, um, you know, the the, the media lads, and, uh, and you know them as well, and, and they're great lads. And we had we had a lot of lot of good fun on the way down. You know, the the four four of hour journey just sort of flew by. Um, we got down there very early as we usually do. To be fair, we had a little stroll through the park and had a bit of a uh, bit of banter. I, I don't think I've ever eaten so much food in one day. It was a bit of a and, and it was Jez's birthday at midnight on the way home, which was nice. And he brought brownies. So that that was that was really nice. But yeah, it, it was um it was a long day. And then I, I got back and my daughter texted me that she had I don't know, some cooking thing at school. So I was I was in the supermarket at half past three this morning getting her ingredients and I had to meet her at school down in uh, down in Worcester at uh, half eight this morning. And then you kind of come back and you, you think you can never sleep after a game, can you? You know, the adrenaline's got, yeah, especially when you be. win a game in that sort of style that we did. I mean, you know, it's very, very difficult to sleep. Um, I'm quite an excitable character at the best of times, but when that happens, you know, you, you really can't go to bed. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there we go. Testament to your uh, your commitment to chat about Albion. But well, and obviously it, work as well, you know, I've got a job, well, a day job, you know, exactly. I've got, got, to, got to keep going as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's a tricky one. Exactly. Viewers won't see this, but you're uh, you are relaxed at the moment. You've got a little uh, little drink in your hand as well. Just winding down after a. I've got a little glass of scotch. I've, I've not long finished work. Um, yeah, we're doing this, and when the button goes down on this, mate, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I think you deserve it, pal. I think you deserve it. Well, after I'm sure you used up a lot of energy celebrating the goals last night because it was three second half crackers. A great result for for Albion. Um, I'm just going to start off by talking about you know we we we've sort of well, we in the media really have, have sort of highlighted the, the difference in the in, in the away and the home form um, in the last few months, which has been um, been quite different. I know Carlos Corbran has played it down really, um, but in terms of players and stuff, AJ, just as a player's insight to this, really, if you're playing really well at home and getting results but not doing it away from home, does is there a little bit of like a psychological impact or an impact? Does it affect the players at all? <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. You know, the, our home form is just incredible, yet 
our away form has been very, very indifferent. And I don't know why. I really don't. I mean, we put the wind down last night that we were playing away, but we had our home kit on. So maybe that, maybe that's. Maybe that, yeah. I mean, players are very superstitious. So maybe, maybe it may be something to do with that. I don't know. But I, I really don't know. You know, it's a, it's a real difficult one that maybe is psychological. Um, uh, you know, would it be anything to do with travelling? I wouldn't have thought because, you know, you go down before the game the, the day before. Yeah. I don't know if the lads stay in a hotel the night before a, game, a home game. I don't know if that, if they do that. We we did occasionally. and um, Yeah, I think but, they do now. I think they're Yeah, but as a player, you kind of, you kind of, that's your routine. So, you know, it wouldn't be anything to do with that. So, so I really don't know. I, I really couldn't. Yeah. Listen, if I knew the answer, I, I trust me, I, I'd probably, uh, you'd still be a manager. I, well, well, I'd knock the gaffer's <laughs> door and just say, look, have you thought of this? And, and I know he would not because he, he doesn't leave a stone unturned. I mean, yeah. he's very, very meticulous in all his preparation that he, he wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's bugging him. Like he's bugging everybody else. It, you know, it is so, so indifferent but you know what it's one of those isn't it Johnny that it is so indifferent or it has been so indifferent but every away form run has to start somewhere and who's to say it didn't start last night down at Plymouth I mean what a result that is because they're decent at home I think they've got the second best home record in the division um you know apart from being beat by Leeds uh on, on on the last game there uh I think they've only lost one other game at home uh, it's a very, very difficult place to go. And we went there and, and you know, people said it was an even first half. I don't think it was particularly even. I thought we had the bet, better of the oh, first half. The it was play. a little bit more even than it was the second half. But but the first half, I, I thought we kind of, we set the, uh, we, we planted the seeds, if you like, for, for the second half to happen. I mean, they came out very early for the second half uh, and we kind of sauntered out um, and just, well, no other way to describe it. We ripped them to pieces. Yeah, they did rip them to pieces. Did you? You know, I certainly didn't see that that coming at halftime. But for me, that's the most dominant I've seen Albion in a second half for a long, long time. Certainly on the road. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I think I think in the first half we had to, I don't know seven or eight corners, and and I and I, I was saying on air that you know we really do need look without Carl Barley in the team, we're we're. We're not a small side, but we're not as dominant in the air as is when we have got Carl Bartley. But even still, I mean, you know, when you've got that amount of corners or that amount of dead ball situations, we need to be making more of those. Um, and we did in the end, but it was kind of a, a bit of an unorthodox kind of goal because yeah, Cedric Kibri scores, but it's kind of a, a, a tapping in the far stick rather than him coming in and scoring with his head, which is what we would have kind of expected. But you know what? Sometimes you know you just got to break the deadlock and and I felt for Andy Vyman a little bit because he had a he had a chance in the first half that the angle was against him it kind of popped up and he hit it and and you credit the goalkeeper in those circumstances because he, he made a good save the second one for me he'll be disappointed with I really feel he will be because a, a player of his scoring capabilities I think he, he would have expected himself to have scored that you know but you can't score more and and you know sometimes Cedric Kipres come in and open the floodgates and then Mikey Johnson comes in. Wow, what a goal. I mean, I was very impressed with him in the last game. He was very direct, um, you know, down that left-hand side. And and I read people saying about his end product. Well, really, that was his first start. So, you know, give the kid a chance. And if you're looking for end product, then don't look no further because he put it in the top drawer, didn't he? Yeah, right in the top bins. Absolutely fantastic finish. And, uh, 
and I, and, I, and then the, the last goal, I was pleased for for Tom again because he's been. Um, whatever happens this season, you, you look at you look back and take the positives, or I do at, at the season. And wow, what a positive this young man's been! He's burst onto the scene. He's took his chance. His uh, goal against Ipswich is you, you won't see a fire and goal. He ain't muscled uh, the centre half, and then he he kept his composure and he's cool enough to to bury it, bury it. So I mean, last night was a, a, a tap in for Tom. But again, I thought he was exceptional. Really did. Yeah, he was exceptional. It's interesting you mentioned set pieces there because I've just got it, just got it written down. Um, you know, I was actually making the point to, to a colleague who was sitting next to me last night, and I said, you know, Alvin, for me, they don't score enough from set pieces, despite being a you know a big a big side. Is that surprised you somewhat, AJ? In terms of you know, there hasn't been a a lot of set piece goals, despite the fact, as you said there, you know, last night a perfect example, seven or eight corners in that first half. Yeah, I mean, you see teams now with set piece coaches, don't you? Yeah. And 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 as a as a player, certainly under Dave Bassett, we uh, we had a we had a coach called Mike Kelly, and we used to work for hours and hours and hours on set pieces. Um, luckily, we had Pierre Van Oudonk, so it, it pretty much was was him putting in the top top corner from from uh, free kicks and what have you. But yeah, I think it's. Um, I think the game, the, the margins are so tight nowadays that um, you've got to try and gain any advantage through whatever means. And I think if you're a threat at set pieces, I think you can go away and you can keep it quite tight. Um, you know, and I don't mean being negative. I mean, just keep it tight. Play play off your shape. You know, keep keep a nice uh, balance through the side. Play off your shape. Bit of, bit of counter-attacking football, if you like, but... As the game drags on, you you know you only need a, a dead ball situation. I mean, Southampton, Ward Prowse. I mean, you know, we, when and it's nothing to do with our delivery because our delivery is different class. You know, yeah. I just wonder whether or not um, we believe that you know I'm going up there, I'm going to score. You know, I, I really do think that if you if you have that mindset of oh, I'm I'm going to be the one that puts my head on this or I'm going to get to the ball first. You know, but I'd like to see us score more from set pieces. I really would. And, and I mean, when I say set pieces, I mean not throw-ins from Darnell because we we're very successful with that. Free kicks in and around the penalty area with direct shots, we're, we're very successful with that. We've got some very, very talented players that, that you know, can manipulate the ball um, a lot, certainly a lot better than I ever could. Um, but from corners, uh, yeah, I'd like to see us a bit more of a threat. I really would. Like I said, when Carl Bartlett's in the team, it's it's a lot. It's different because you know he he he's a, a massive man, you know, and and he, he not only is he a, a, his size, he's um, he attacks the ball well. He, he anticipates well in those in those sort of circumstances. Yeah. Now another point as well. You know, we're going to talk more about Mikey Johnson and Tom Fellows uh, just in a little while, but. I thought the marked difference between Friday, and I've written this today, between Friday and last night, Carlos made quite a few changes early on in the second half against Southampton. Obviously, the Brandon Thomas-Asante one was, we know now, forced because he had a hamstring injury. Um, but Jed Wallace come, I think John Swift and Mikey Johnson all come off. And and some people sort of criticised him for that, saying it sort of, you know, he should have maybe left them on. But I thought last night, certainly the first three changes he made, he put Johnston on. For me, he put Okai Yukushu on just after it went to 1-0 Albion. When Plymouth were getting a bit more of the ball, and it just stopped any form of response from Plymouth. 
And he, I thought he just got him spot on last night. All his changes. I don't know if you you agree with that. Well, the the, the, be- the beautiful thing about football is is everybody's got an opinion and everybody's yeah. entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been in the game all my life. I, I you know, I, I'd like to think I know a little bit about the game. And one thing I never do is is question a manager that uh, one picks a team and one uh, makes substitutions and how he makes them substitutions. It might not be what. I would have done, but makes them for a reason. Almost there's a reason. Well, behind he, he it, sees it? these players week in, week out. So if he's yeah. not playing a certain player, we don't know. He may have a little knock. He may he may have been a bit under the weather that week. You know, he, there could be a million and one reasons what why he's done it. He might feel that he needs a rest. You know, and and certainly with Brandon, I think he's been exceptional. You know, he's pretty much led the line up there all season on his own. You know, and and I feel for him at times because it's a it's a difficult job. You know, speaking of strikers, when we played, it was four four two, or you know, you had two strikers up there. Um, but when you're up there on your own, he's being asked to close down and run around and chase it. When the ball comes to him, um, you know, he's going to be tired. He is, and uh, you know, he, he gets a bit of criticism. And 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 I've I've been critical of him this season a little bit more than I have been because I, I want him to take that next step. And I think the last sort of half a dozen ten games. He has taken that next step. When the ball comes up to him, his retention is better. His link-up plays better. He's starting to use his head with his runs. They're a lot more intelligent. And he's starting to score the goals, that, what I call striker's goals, you know, the ones where you're, you're anticipating where the ball's yeah. going to be in the box and, and things like that. And and I think he's he's having a, a terrific season. And, you know, sometimes I think he gets the, the rough end of the stick because he's a diamond lad. You know, he really is a great lad. And his attitude and, you know, is is thirst to improve as a as a player is just second to none and you know that that's quite refreshing yeah no he has um he has done well hopefully his, uh, his hamstring injury is not uh not too serious mikey johnston you mentioned him before um aj i think even when he came off the bench against birmingham a few weeks ago he we saw a little glimpse of what he can do obviously scored um on his day on well on his on his full debut at the hawthorns um did okay against hampton but last night just it's that injection of quality that, you know, sometimes you maybe don't get in the January window. We always know the January window is a tough window yeah. to recruit and then you don't get it. And we saw it, you know, this is another point you made last night. We saw it last year. Obviously, Chalaba come in and, and did OK and then got injured. The Mark Albrighton move didn't quite come off. But it looks like, certainly in terms of Vyman and, and Johnston, we haven't seen a lot of Callum Marshall yet, so we can't really judge. But in terms of Johnston... He's got that little bit of star quality that could prove to be really, really impressive in the last you know few months of the season. He has, and and that's once again. I mean, you know, when when people are sort of saying that Carlos got it wrong, I mean, how could anybody say that Carlos has got anything wrong? I mean, from where when he came to the club, where we were yeah. at to now, and he keeps impressing me as a manager and and, and as a, a footballing person. That you know, like I said, he he leaves no stone unturned. January transfer window is sometimes a bit of a panic window in it. And I think that's what you're trying to say that, you know, not every deal yeah. goes through is a, a good one because people have got either injury crises or, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing for a promotion and they're trying to bolster, which in which case they're paying ridiculous money for, for a player that probably wouldn't, wouldn't command that fee. Um, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got a lad in who was playing at Celtic, you know, the, the, it's hit the ground running. I think what I don't think he is, and, and this could be labelled at people, is an impact player that comes off the bench and does well for you. He's got more because than we, that. 
we've seen him start and we've seen his quality, you know. And, and for me, I've, I've been very impressed with him and I get excited about him. Um, and I get excited about whether or not the deal could be permanent and, you know, and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, this is how crazy football is. You know, three weeks a month ago, we had five academy players on the bench, which is great for, for academy players. Um, but we went one, I can't remember what game it was now, we went one nil down and Carlos had to make changes and we only had defenders. We didn't really have anybody. Yeah, Swan, I think it was at Swansea on Tuesday. Swansea, that, yeah, that's yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Where now you look at the bench and you're thinking, because you're on the bench, Mikey Johnson on the bench. You know, I, I've got things that I can do here. You know, Grady Diagana's coming, come back. Uh, Shemi Jay's come, come back. You know, we uh, the bench is as strong as well. Most of them, well, all of them players probably could, could walk into most championship sides. Um, you know, it's just. Incredible, and don't, and don't forget, we've got Matty Phillips to come back yet as well, you know, and, and it's looking good, and it's looking good at the right time for me. It's all about timing, um, and this is the business end of the season now, so um, it's starting to take shape. Yeah, yeah, it's starting to take shape indeed. You mentioned Tom Fellows there as well, and, you know, great seeing him get on the score sheet, and I thought he did really well, particularly in the second half last night. One thing I noticed on, um, you know, he come off, obviously come off the bench on Friday and, and last night as well, you know, he sort of had them really good displays when he burst into the side. but he, And he's been destroying fullbacks for weeks, months even. But I just thought on Friday, Southampton were the first side, really, that sort of wised up to how good he is. They doubled up on him a lot in the second half and he, he, he wasn't able to create as much as he did. And last night in the first half, I thought they Plymouth were turning him inside, getting him to come inside rather than running at the fullback. Because if he runs at the fullback, we've seen... I think it was when he scored. They scored in the first minute the other day. He destroyed the fullback after about thirty seconds. Um, but it seems that sides are sort of. He played really well in the second half last night. He did really well. But sides are almost sort of wising up to the fact of, of how good he is. Because for me, I asked the fans last night. I think the sky's the limit for him. I, I haven't seen a winger who's so two-footed for a very, very long time. He's an incredibly talented kid, you know. And again, I don't question the managers decision but I've been a, a massive fan of throwing him in for a long long time now and yeah. I you know I, I just want to see the kid play he come on against Blues you know ages ago in the season and he was just so positive for me and he was a breath of fresh air at that time um you know and you kind of just want him to go in and go in and go in and and and, and the gaffer kind of held him back and held him back and held him back and once again I, I, I'm no nobody to question him he knows when it's right to put him in when it's not um and, and proofs it to put him because he's obviously put him in at the right time because he's gone in there and he, he plays without fear. It's like he's in the park with his mates playing. He just seems to be enjoying the game. And the kid's got such a lovely, sorry, the kid, the young man has got such a lovely way about him. There's no uh, arrogance. There's an arrogance of him because all players pitch. have an arrogance yeah. because you have to to have that edge. There's an arrogance of him of I'm going to beat you. But there's no arrogance as a person in him at all. You know, he's just a lovely kid. And he's now signed his contract. And I, I'm over the moon for him. And, and I think you're right. I think the world is his, is his uh, oyster in, in football terms. And I think that he won't be the sort of player that would, no matter what you gave him uh, as a reward for him being successful, I don't think he's the sort of player that that would affect him. I think that he's very humble. Um and and I think he'll just, I think he just loves the game. 
and and like you said, he's two footed, so he can come inside. He can he can go outside. He's so so direct that you know. I just I just think that there there will be, and, and I've spoke to uh, Jez about this on it. There will come a time. He, he's a young man, and he's been put in, and Carlos will decide when it's right to take him out and put him back in, and take him out and put him back in. His career he will plateau a little bit, and it will go. You know, because he's in the minute, he's he's taking off like a like a rocket in me. But that won't carry on forever. It, all of a sudden, it will plateau a little bit, and then he'll have to go again. And that plateau period is sometimes coincides with the fact, like you've said, Johnny, that when he's burst onto the scene, nobody knows a lot about him. Nobody knows. Yeah, he's unpredictable, him. isn't he? Whereas now, teams have seen him. Teams are watching him. He'll be one of the ones they're they're talking about in the dressing rooms, just going, look out for Tom Fellows. He does this. He likes to do that. Now, what Tom's got to do is recognise that, and he's got to adapt his game to that now, to 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 progress further and further and further. All the great players have done it, you know, over the years. You know, Dean Saunders used to have a little jink that he used to do. Peter Beardsley used to have a little trick that he used to do. Carl New had a little trick he used to do. We all knew what the trick was, but you couldn't stop it. There was nothing you could do about it. Because they'd evolved it so much into this perfection that, you know, even even though you knew it was coming, you know, you couldn't do anything about it. And, and that's where Tom will be probably next season because of how well he's done this year. Um, that's probably where he's going to be next season. Yeah, he's. Uh, I certainly think the sky is the limit for Tom Fellows. And just overall on the win, really, AJ, you know, it was a game in hand last night on Coventry and Norwich below, you know, a big win. She gives that three-point buffer now, I think it is, or four-point buffer, sorry, to Coventry point, yeah. in seventh. Yeah. And that, you know, like we said at the top of the conversation about the game, hopefully this is the run that can, the, the win that can spark a run, certainly on the road, and just keep that, keep that four-point buffer, even you know, managing it and making it more. Because yeah, it's Coventry in a few weeks' time as well, which is another big one. Well, I think it has to. I mean, we're, we're all, we're all in the stands sort of commentating or reporting on the games. And, uh, you know, we all knew that Hull went 1-0 up at Southampton. And, and I was kind of thinking, well, that don't really bother me because Southampton will score too because that's the sort of season they're having. Then it's 2-0 up and you think, hold on a minute. You know, Hull are above us then. And there's a, there's only like a point between us and the teams outside the, the playoffs. And it, it's kind of, that's the reality of where it is. Um, you know, whether the players knew that or not, I don't know. I don't know how Carlos um, deals with things like where he would tell them to try and spur them on or whether he would not tell them because it's really about us and not about anybody else anyway. Um, but to, to get promoted, it, it's it's a combat. You, your home form has to be rock solid, which ours is. So that's that's the first thing. But you have to chip in from the away games you really do and you know I just think that you know you mentioned Coventry I, for me Saturday at Hull that's another huge that's game big one, isn't it? yeah it's a huge game because you, you've got to beat the teams in and around you you know if you beat Hull you put you put another three points distance between you and Hull and at this stage of the season like I said earlier it's the business end um this is the time that you need to go and win those games and we start we do need to start throwing in points from from the away games, which, like I said, I think that hopefully that that win at Plymouth, which is huge, uh, you know, I, I really do believe it's a huge win because that's a very very difficult place to go and win, uh, and we did that and we did it with style and in, and in comfort coming in. We'll have a little uh, look at Hull and uh, and just preview that game at, right at the end of the podcast, but we're going to move on now and talk about. Talk about the takeover, really. Me and Lewis brought you a podcast on uh, on Thursday night, just after it was announced, and uh, 
in the late hours of uh, a Thursday evening before he went off swanning on his uh, his two week break. Um, but we had an ex- obviously like we've already mentioned an exciting day on Friday with with Schill and Patel was at the ground. He, he arrived sort of an hour or two before kick off. We saw him sort of walking around the ground. He met with Connor Townsend and Jed Wallace and, and players. Um, and I thought it was a really nice moment when he came out onto the balcony on the director's box and the fans were sort of turning around and clapping him. And unfortunately, couldn't give him the result. But AJ, just as someone. You know, you've been involved with the club as a player, you know, behind the scenes for a long, long time. And, you know, we've all been worried about the, the previous regime and how it's been going and wh- when it was going to end and stuff. And what was the feeling for you last Thursday? We've we've used the word relief an awful lot since then. You know, you must have been just so pleased and, and relieved to sort of see it come to an end and, and get over the line and, you know, hopefully bring a bright future around. Well, as, as, as the club... We, we we've said that it's the beginning of a new era, you know, and what that era holds, um, we don't know, you know, it's it's early days, it's positive, it's you know, it's something that the fans have wanted, and and at the end of the day, the fans are the club, you know, we all went through COVID where there were no fans in the ground, and and they, they, it, it it kind of felt pointless being there. You know, it was it was shocking. Although we were privileged to still be able to attend games, you none, you wouldn't have wanted to, would you? You, no. you know, usually it, it, it's not. A, so so I'm 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 excited. I'm pleased for the fans. Um, you know, and and it, it's like we said, it, it's a new era for for the football club. Um, it, it's had many eras. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I started. Um, I can't remember who the chairman was now. When I started, like Paul Thompson probably when you started. Paul Thompson, that's it. Yeah, Paul Paul Thompson, um, and then Mr. Peace took over, um, and and now Mr. Light and and took over, and, and now we've got Mr. Patel, which you know it's it, they all do things differently, you know. Did you ever have a lot to do with chairman and stuff, AJ? Just as a bit no, I don't think players do. I, mm. I, I really don't. Um, does it affect players? Um, it shouldn't. It, it really isn't kind of, this might sound wrong, but as a player, you're there to do the best for the football club. Uh, you're there to to do the best for the fans that spend their hard-earned money, you know, to come and watch you wear their, their club shirt. Um, it never really bothered me who owned the club. It never really bothered me who, who was in charge of the club. It, it's That's politics that are, are above uh, players. Um, concerns, if you like. So you get on and do your job. You do the best you can each week, um, and and the powers that be sort out all the all the things that go on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, the the, fan, the fans have wanted this. Um, I think that they've been they've protested, they've shown and made their concerns known. I think they've done it in quite a respectful way in, in as much as they've not boycotted the club. Uh, they've not got behind the team. You know, they, they, they've kind of done it in, in probably the most respectful way that they possibly could have done, which, which is nice and, and, and also doesn't um, surprise me because they're great fans. They, they really are. Um, so I'm pleased for them. Um, what it means for the club. Time will tell, but you know it's a new era and it's an exciting time for everybody that, that's involved with the club. And you know that Mr. Patel's track record with in business and and 
and things like that is is exceptional. You know, it really is. And I haven't met the guy. I, I, I don't know the guy. Um, but f- what I do know about him is he knows business and he knows how to run businesses and effectively that's what a football club is and and you know and and reading the you know what he said he's very much wanting to bring the the pride back to a a very proud football club and a a club with a lot of history and you know he's he obviously knows about that history and he respects that history and you know that that can only be a good thing yeah we'll have to like you say time will tell we'll have to wait and see but Positive signs and uh, hopefully, like we say, the dawn of a new era. Um, another news that's come in the last sort of week, Albin have completed the signing of Jan and Villa. Um, he's a free agent last at Olympiacos, actually played for Carlos at Olympiacos. Um, yeah. A midfielder, hasn't played for a number of months, although Carlos in his press conference last night gave him the glowing reference of saying he's one of the best central midfield players he's ever had the privilege of coaching. Um, that's because he never coached me. Well, yeah, could be. Could be. <laughs> I, I would I would an Andy Johnson fit into the this Albion side, you know, box to box running around. Um, you know, who who would who would you who would you replace in that side, AJ, as a I, I you know, fully fit AJ? I, I, I really don't think that I have a place in football anymore the way <laughs> football is currently. Um do you I, know you what? sent off most weeks when you're let's be honest. No, no, I don't no, I don't think that's the case. I, do you know what <laughs> do you know what I really like as a player in the side and he hasn't played a lot this season. He was probably my player of the season last year, Jason Malumbi. I think he yeah. was terrific. I, I think he his energy is total, utter commitment and, and passion and, and desire to win. He's a winner. And, and you know, I, I've kind of felt for him a little bit this season. And and I've got the utmost respect for the lad because his attitude has been spot on when, you know, we, we read so many things about players spitting the dummy out and their prima donnas and their this and, you know, that. And, you know, I, I don't think that's at our football club. I really don't. Yeah. You know, with with... Um, anybody, uh, you look at our strikers, there's one place and there's that many of them vying for that or there was at the beginning of the season and every single one of them is, you know, backing each other and and, and I really think that Jed Wallace has a massive part to play in that in as much as, the, you know, he's the captain and he sets the standards and, you know, I, I don't see any kind of, you know, back in my day, if you weren't playing, you, you didn't even want the team to win, you know, because you... you you were play- that isn't the case. That really isn't the case at West Brom and, and and with these bunch of players. They're very very tight. That's that's what comes across to me. They're very 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 tight and um, they're a very controlled unit. And uh, yeah, it, I don't think the football is um, it's evolved that much. The the sort of dinosaur players of, of my era. Uh, um, would probably not go down too well in in, in the current game. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm just going to ask you a question. This popped up on Twitter not long ago, and it was an old clip of you playing. I don't know if we, t- we talked about it. Playing against Stoke, where you got sent off, tussling John, with John Eustace. And I've yeah, never heard John the story Eustace, behind yeah. this. What? what I, st- t- I watched the clip back. It must have been about a month ago. And I still yeah, don't know no what idea. you got sent off for. No idea. Me and John walked off the pitch laughing and joking about it, thinking, well, you know, <laughs> what, what was that all about? And we were like, well, I don't know. You know I just remember Gary can... Megson going mental on the sideline as well. Yeah, it was, yeah, five and two weeks wages for it, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but me and John didn't have a clue why we were sent off. No idea. Absolutely no idea. But, uh, yeah, great lad, John. You know, he did did well at Blues. Was For me, he got the bullet, which was wrong. 
Um, you know, but uh, yeah, he's gone on to do do very well. He's a, he's a top top lad, and you know, we we walked off the pitch giggling with each other, thinking, well, what was that all about? But yeah. No idea. Expensive, no idea. Uh, expensive red card. But just just come back onto the Amvia signing. You know, someone. You know, I'm sure he's going to take a few weeks to get up to speed. But just having that option there, AJ, in the middle of the park. We saw last night. Obviously, you officially rested last night with, I imagine, Saturday in mind. But just having another body in there now with the size of the squad and you know the the, the congested fixture list coming up and getting to the business end. It's just another body and another you know quality body really, given the endorsement that Carlos has given them. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Sometimes it's not just about another body. Sometimes it's about um, having a player in and around the players that sets good standards, that gives off positive vibes, that, that players can learn from day in, day out in training. I mean, for me, uh, Jake Livermore was was immense at that. You know, I think that Jake is the sort of player that you would have in and around any squad of players. You know, even when he's not playing, um, his positivity and, and his um, support for the team that are out there, and and you know it, it, it it's just second to none. And and there may be an element of that. You know, I'm not doubting the kid's credentials. I, I don't know a lot about him. If I'm going to be totally honest, I don't have to. I haven't signed him. The, the boss has signed him, <laughs> so he needs to know about him. Uh, no doubt he's a good player because obviously the clubs he's played for. But it's not, I mean, I, I've had it many times where managers have phoned me and gone, you play with him, what's he like? What's his character like? Because they know whether they're any good at playing or not. They want to know what, about the kid, yeah. you know, and, and Carlos has brought him in probably for a couple of reasons. One, it, it adds strength and depth to the squad, but he's not going to bring in a player that is going to upset the apple cart. He's going to bring in a player that the other players can learn from. I mean, Yokuzlu is, what a player, what a signing. But not only that, what a what a figure for people to learn from. You know, you've got a lot of players in and around the squad that can look to him and, you know, if he gets upset with himself when he makes a mistake, you know, should I get upset with myself? Yeah, of course you should. You know, it's, it's about leading by example. And, and we've got, for the first time, we've got some leaders in the team for the first time in, in you know, a little while. Um, you know, you, you can go back to your, your, your Chrissy Brunts, Moza. Nobody ain't losing more than Moza. You know, you, you've got leaders in the team now, and and our position of the league highlights the leaders in the team. You know, and it and it's great for your Tom Fellows. And look how many academy players have come in this season and been on the bench and come into the team. It's easy to, for them to come into the team when they've got leaders that they look up to and respect. Yeah, no, it's a really good, uh, really good point to make. We're just going to move away from the football chat to give a shout out to our sponsor. As always, all our podcasts here at the Shop Star and Express and Star are sponsored by the Kettle and Toaster Man, your graded product specialist who offers some top quality products at top quality prices. And we've got, we've got a great except for American today. style fridge freezers. Well, yeah, I know you were looking for. I had a call the other day from uh, from AJ saying, "Does your mate the cat and toaster man do American style fridge freezer?" Unfortunately, he didn't. But I tell you what, he does do. He does an unbelievable range of air fryers. Now, are you on this bandwagon? Have you got one of these, AJ? You know, no, they're the one things that everyone wants, but you're not a fan. No, well, to be honest, now I like it. I like an oven and a hob. Yeah, old yeah. school. 
Yeah, I, I microwaves. I'm not a big massive fan of that either. I'm still yeah. warming beans and soup. I've been a saucepan. <laughs> Although I did see a video of someone on Twitter the other day who tried to make a cup of tea in an air fryer, which I thought was totally bizarre. Okay. I don't um, know. How they work. But I know I know you bought another appliance the other day, but you bought it at completely the wrong time. Tell us about your barbecue story. Uh, it was what a couple of weeks back on a Sunday, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I was laying on the sofa and I was watching the Super Sunday, so I had the, the football on, had the dinner on, and uh, just chilling out. And it was it was like spring had sprung. It was beautiful. So I thought, right, that's it. I'm gonna because I need a new barbecue anyway. Um, so I brought myself. I was online looking, you know, at the reviews of different barbecues. So I brought a lovely barbecue. And uh, after after the uh, the last game on Super Sunday, I, I flick over to Country Fire, like Country Fire, believe it or not. And uh, <laughs> I like the weather. They always get the weather right on Country Farm. And uh, they said, oh, the snow's coming. I was like, oh, brilliant. I've just brought a barbecue and there's snow. Now, I've, I've built it. It's in the, uh, the conservatory waiting to go outside. I won't let it go out in the, in the rain and the cold yet. Yeah, you're going to have to wait a, a little while. But, yeah, we have got a, a fantastic air fryer and a fantastic price here. You can get your hands on a Swan Duo 13-in-1 air fryer for just £70. And they've got some other fantastic air fryers, fantastic products down there. As we always say, not just kettles and toasters, they have got everything down there. So head along to the kettleandtoasterman.co.uk or if you want to head in store, they're down on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. I can right. have something that's got 13 in one. I mean, a screwdriver is a screwdriver. A screwdriver is a screwdriver. It's not 13 hey. tools in one tool. Maybe it's, maybe it's only the kettle and toaster man that stocks them ones. You never Perhaps know. It might have a, might have a special. I know has got a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of stuff indeed. We've got uh, we've got some questions from the uh, from the listeners. We've got one here, Luke Sylvester. When do you think the takeover paperwork will be signed? And um, we believe what well, we were told last week. It's hopefully going to be this week. Obviously, the deal's been agreed, um, and we're just waiting on that to be finalised. So hopefully this week. Um, we've got another one, Jess Ackroyd. Is in touch. Potentially stupid question, but was Carlos allowed any involvement after the sending off in the Southampton game? I assumed not. Um, and the subs were a bit odd, unusual for Corbran. Uh, we've talked about the subs a bit, but he said, others have said he was talking on the headset. Yeah, I do know he had a, a sort of a line or a phone down to the dugout. Um, so he was able to. Let's just talk about that a bit, AJ. A bit bizarre last week, that one with the uh, the ball in, the ball out. Crazy. It was mad. Absolutely crazy. I mean, like I said earlier, I've been in the game all my life since I was, was a, a baby. And uh, I've never, ever seen anything like it. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, and and to be honest, they change the rules that much nowadays. Anyway, I don't think I know the rules of football anymore. Um, yeah, that I don't. Well. The handball ones when we had the handball against the Lampard, Yeah, I, I originally thought it was at the other end, and I was like, I don't know yeah. which what, what's what. Well, you know, this. Yeah, that, it, it's very know, tricky. Know. It, you know, the uh, the 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 hand the arm or hand is in an abnormal position. Well, yeah. if you jump in, <laughs> your arm's going to be up, isn't it? You know, or if you're sliding on the ground, your arm. You don't slide on the ground and think. Oh, let me put my arm by my side. I mean, I, I don't know who it was the other day said that I think next season they're probably going to bring shorts out for defenders with uh, pockets so they can put their hands in their pockets. <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I actually thought the ball was out and he stopped it to um, just to get the game going again, you know, because it would have been our throw in. The ball was going to one of our players. So he had no other, no reason really yeah. to have stopped the ball unless he genuinely thought it was out. I thought it was out. He must have thought he was out. Um, but to get a red card, I thought was quite harsh. Well, um, I but again, I don't know the rules. Yeah. That may be the that may be the rule. I so think I, that is the rule, and I think they've been clamping down on it this year because I was at a Walsall game earlier when Keith Millen did it, and he was sent off for Gillingham. Yeah. Um, 
I just need to, I had a few fans going at me saying, oh, letter of the law and all letter of the law and all that. Yeah, fair enough. But, you know, it's not like he's tripped up the Southampton left winger and uh, and stopped them. Exactly. You know, the ball, yeah. the ball was was there. He, he, he honestly thought it had gone out of play. You know, yeah. we all know his character. He, he's uh, that, he's not going to, you know, he's not a cheat. He's not going to do anything like that. It just needs a bit. Go over, book him if you have to. You know, book him. But have a word. Just, yeah, just have or a, a word. Him, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's probably what's been lost out the game a little bit now that it's been taken away from the referees slightly because the the. The rules are the rules. There's no interpretation of the rule. It's a rule. Um, and, and I thought the board got out. Obviously, the, the gaffer had thought the board got out. Um, but there was no advantage for the opposition no. team anyway. Because if it did go out, it was a throw for us. And the ball was going up the line to Darnell Furlong anyway. So, he, you know, there, there was no reason for him to do that unless he really generally thought the board had gone out. Yeah. Um, the red card, yes, he would have been in the stand with uh, uh, a phone to a to an earpiece so absolutely the substitutions in my opinion would have probably been his um the strange one is is like he appears back on the touchline at Plymouth because I thought a red card for any member yeah. of staff was the same as a the player they missed like two games or, yeah. or and the fact that he's, that he's already been sent he was sent off at Blackburn early in the season yeah. as well you know you get these totten yeah. up offences but yeah, that, like you say, it's uh, we, none of us know the rules these days or the, the regulations, do we? Um, the substitution rules are one that kills me. I've got no idea how many subs we can bring on and when we can bring them on. I really don't. Especially when they ring four at once. That's the uh, yeah, that's I the know. Killer. Um, Chris Adams has got in touch. Do you think Kipra and Moa are more likely to sign a contract now with the new ownership? That's probably too early to answer, Chris. But AJ, just on those two, obviously, you must have been mightily impressed by them this season. You know. It would be fantastic well, to see them be the next ones to sign contracts. It's it's unbelievable, isn't it? The you know, and this is the difference in managers, I guess, because Alex Moat we signed, and and his first season I didn't think was bad at all, to be honest. Um, and then all of a sudden we've let him go out on loan because uh, the the manager didn't fancy him. Um, Cedric Kipre, very very similar. I mean, he had a. A difficult start to his to his West Brom career, but I think those two players are pivotal at the moment in in our, in our squad in in our team. Cedric Kipre is well, I just I don't recognise him. I think he's been unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable nice. defensively, but also you get a bit of nervousness when he was on the ball. But Carlos has obviously instilled this confidence in him. So and, relaxed. And, uh, he's so relaxed. And, I mean, he's knocking 70-yard raking passes now with the outside of his boot pinpoint <laughs> accuracy. You know, and and it's just, I'm so pleased for him. I mean, don't get me wrong, he went down to Cardiff on loan and, and you know, he, he did really well. They loved him down there, loved him down there. Um, and then he came back and you kind of thought, well, where does he go from here? You know, well, I'll tell you where he goes. He goes back in our team. And look, it, it, well, he, he's a mountain. He's a mountain in there. See, what a season. Uh, again, you know, people are saying you, this year, I think, would be a very difficult year. And bearing in mind, we, we are coming to the end of it now. We're, we're only a few couple of, couple of months away from the end of the season. Um, the, if you ask me now who my player of the season was, I, I would really struggle to tell you. I'd probably yeah. have to give you a player of the season in each position. because. At the minute, there are so many players yeah. that are on top of their game that it, it, you'd struggle. And that and that's 
quite a nice thing to say because it's a real team effort this year. Every single one of them, and 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 you you look around, and if one of the players makes a mistake, his mate's got his back. And he's that's a really good point on the team effort because it's not like you know you see. I think when Alvin got in the playoffs a few years ago, you saw like Galen Rodriguez scored 25 plus goals or yeah. when a striker scores 30 goals. But obviously Brandon, I think, has got 10 or 11, you know, but I know there's probably players who probably wanted to do a little bit better, you know, than they probably have in the season. But collectively, you're right, it's been a team effort. You know, it's tight wins, you know, obviously last night was 3-0, but there's been two ones, one nils. You've ground out a 1-1 draw or a 2-2 draw like Ipswich. It has been a real team effort, hasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's such, I mean, it shows I mean, and, and do you know what I really love as well is, you know, you look at last night, the um, Carlos comes out and he goes to the fans. We took 1,200 fans there last night, playing before well on a Tuesday night. 60, it was 1,600, I think. Oh, 1,600, 1600 sorry. Yeah. Um, on a Tuesday night at Plymouth. I mean, Mad, it? It, it, it's outrageous. But what what he's done, the gaffer, is he, he's kind of, and this, this happened in my year, he's pulled the fans in t- towards the players. And he's pushed the players towards the fans. And that's a tricky thing because of social media and things like that now. That that bond that players and, and fans had when I was playing doesn't happen. But I think we I think we've got that at our club. I really do. And you know, you see the reception that after each game, win, lose, or draw, the players go around and clap the fans. Yeah. You know, they really do um acknowledge their part in it. And and you know, and 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 they're thanking them for their part in, and then sometimes when it didn't go so well, they're kind of apologising to them for the fact it's not gone very well. But also when it has gone well, they're going, "Come on, it's gone well. Let's celebrate together. Let's enjoy this together." And for me, that epitomised that last night. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was fantastic. Richard Downing's asked a question specifically of you, actually, AJ. Um, obviously, working at the club on a match day, you know, there's only been one one sort of example of this because that's his one home game since the owner took over. But was did you notice an uplift in spirits behind the scenes at the club? It, it's something, you know, I certainly noticed there was a bit of a buzz and smiles on, more smiles on faces than usual on, on Friday. I don't, know, I don't know if you've noticed that as well. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, you know, don't forget a lot of the, a lot of the people that work behind the scenes on a match day um, as supporters as well, the stewards, yeah, uh, you know, people like that. I mean, you're you're there, Johnny. I'm I'm there. I, I mean, I'm a fan as well. So it's kind of it's match day, and we work for the club. But it's like Christmas, Easter, and your birthday all rolled into one <laughs> as well every week. Um, so we're quite kind of lucky like that. But yeah, you know, the fans are uh, the, the, the 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 stewards and the staff that work behind the scene. Um, you know, they're, they're fans of the football club and, you know, they, a lot of them are, are uh, volunteers. They don't, you know, they don't get paid for it or or they don't get paid a lot for it if they do get paid. And, you know, they, they kind of, they were a lot happier. There was a, there was certainly a, I mean, it was a sellout crowd. Would it have been a sellout? It was Southampton. It's a big game. Um, possibly would have been a sellout anyway. I don't know. But there was definitely a, a, a uh, a more of a feel-good carnival-type yeah. uh, feel to the place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it was. Um, there was a, a sort of marked difference. Clint McCormick's asked, with Fellows, Wallace, and Johnston all flying, which two would you start for Hull, or would you slot in 
all oh, three. Ouch, ouch, ouch. That's and he's, a... also, he's also asked the second one, would you take two draws in the next two games to keep us in the playoffs? No. For a nice set of games. I'm going to say no as well. It's Hull and, no. and Coventry the, 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 the week on Friday. Um, no. So that one answers your first question, Clint. But then I'll take the second ones. one. I'll take, take four. Points, but not the, two. Uh, the first one, Fellows, Wallace, Johnson, two, or do you slot all three in? It's a very difficult question for Carlos to answer now ahead of, uh, ahead of Saturday because they are all bang in form. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, well, what you've got is you've got how's Brendan uh, Brandon Thomas Santa? How is he? Is he fit? Yeah, because if he's enough. not, uh, you, you probably go Jed up front. Um, who, who I actually think I, I don't like Jed in the number ten. I like him wide because I think he offers so much out there that we lose something from the whole team if he's not there. But I do like him up front because his runs are direct and he's yeah. He did it a little bit uh, last night as well. It was yeah, sort of interchanging. I, 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 do, I do like him there. I really, I really do like him there. Um, oh, it's a tricky one. It, it really is a tricky one. It, it's a little bit like the the England uh, team years ago with Lampard and uh, Gerrard, isn't it? You know, I don't know. I don't know. At the moment. Um, I'm not sure whether or not we're going to have the luxury of having them all fit. I think we're going to be able to cater for every single one of them, you know, to play. Um, tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it is a tough one. And thankfully, I, I don't get paid enough to uh, to make that decision. That's up to the boss and the gaffer. Um, I mean, they're all, they're all red hot, aren't they? They are. They're all in such a rich vein of form that... Um, you have to play all of them, but how do you play all of them? Yeah, it's a good, um, um, it's a good conundrum to have. Isn't yeah, it? oh, it is. It, it's a, it's a good headache. Yeah, no, it is a good headache. We're gonna ask one more. Apologies to the baggies fans who we haven't read out their question. We got one more from Sunil Patel, um, who has said two of the best away results this season have come at Preston and Plymouth, where we didn't oh. have an out and out centre forward playing. I can't. Yeah. I, I don't count Vyman as one. You know, he is versatile. He can play up there, but he plays a lot in the ten and out wide. He's playing with a false line nine and more pace and energy. The way forward now, away from home. Um, it's a very good observation because at Plymouth, wasn't it? You, you know, you've just talked about Jed playing yeah. as a number nine there. He played as a number nine at Preston. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great observation. Um, I think Preston away, you know, and and you, you picked up on absolutely the two best away victories of the season. Preston away was possibly the best I've ever seen us play. And I would say better than last night as well. It was probably the most complete performance I've ever yeah, seen from us um, away from home. Uh, it, it was an incredible... It, sometimes all the stars align, don't they? You know, and, and, and everything clicks into place. And, and Preston was certainly that. I mean, it, it, we, we would have probably beat Man City that day. We were, we were that good. No, we were. We were that good. It was... Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, and these are the these are the conundrums that the manager has to deal with. And and you know what? Why is our home home form so good? Yet our away forms indifferent. Um, you know, these are the things that he has to try and work out, try and get to the bottom of. Um, you know, is it because we don't play an out and out night? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's a tough question. It is a tough. I, question. I, 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 I said on uh, off air last night. I said to Jez, and uh, he, he, you know, he won't mind me saying this. I probably would have, um, and this is how much I know, 
my substitutions would have probably been different. I, I would have thrown, I would have gone back to an old-fashioned four-four-two and thrown two up front. We did it at Bristol City with Marjo when he came on, and, yeah. and I thought that they couldn't handle it. And I don't think that many teams could because no one plays two anymore. anymore. No. You know, and it might have just. I think sometimes you've got to use every tool in the box, haven't you, to to get the win, especially when you you you, you got a win. And last night was a was a definite. We got a win. Um, but Carlos done it Carlos's way, and yeah, and, yeah, and. Certainly proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, he sort of proves us all wrong week after uh, yeah. week after week. Oh, incredible, incredible. Baggies fans, thank you very much for your questions. We're almost out of time. We're going to have just a little look forward to, to Hull. Um, AJ said there he'll take four points from the next two games. Does that point come on, on Saturday? Would you take a point on Saturday and three points against Coventry? Or, you know, West Brom can certainly go to Hull and win, but Hull are, you know, like Albion, in, in decent form at home. Um it's going to be a tough one, but it'll be a statement win. If Albion can win up there, you know, in the context of the the top six race and and how tight it is, that opens up a four point gap just to hold. Then that's a, think, that could be massive. I think for the sake of um, our away form, I'd like to get three points up there. I'd rather I'd rather get a nil nil at home against Cov and go up to to Hull and win two or three nil um, because it does become a bit of a uh, a poison chalice, doesn't it? When you're not winning away from home, um, and your away form is 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 what it, uh, ours is or was because we've just started the run that you know we're on. Um, the, I think a, a win away from home kind of puts it to bed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, our home our home form is that good that a nil nil at home to Coventry, although I would expect us to win the game, it wouldn't be. An issue if we if we drew because they're a decent side golf they are they are a good side but if we lost away from home up at Hull it would be like oh god that 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 doubt would be back wouldn't it about our away form whereas if we go two yeah. on the two on the spin away from home and then we draw it so not only that I'd rather get the three points in the bag you know I I want four points or say I want I want six points but you know what would I take Saturday right now. Two difficult games, very, very difficult games against good teams that are all around us. If you took four points out of that, I think you'd be kind of realistically happy with it. Um, so, yeah, definitely three points at all because you've got the three points already and it takes the pressure off the next game. Yeah, it certainly will. Hopefully that is the case. AJ, pleasure as always. Coxie's not back till a week on Friday. Are you going to come and join me again next week? Well, do you want Coxie back? Well, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to top the viewing figures, won't we, by the time he gets back? Yeah, we can you know, leave him in Western Supermare in his tent if you want. <laughs> well, the picture on his Not Instagram before, it, it looked like it was very sunny. In, it looks like very sunny in Western Supermare from the picture. It's not, I spoke my parents earlier, mate. It's pouring down in rain. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, absolute pleasure as always. We, me and Coxie do a, li- a little thing to sign off the podcast, which I'm sure I won't need to to tell you about you'll you'll know when it's coming um but as we said thanks as always um it was some away day down in devon baggies fans um hopefully we can have another one in hull little little less glamorous up in uh, in hull than uh, than down in devon but if we get three points on the way back home we'll uh, we'll certainly won't care on the motorway as always thanks for listening and until next time from me and aj boing 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 <laughs>